Bags down, spikes on, welcome to the track. Hi, my name is Colin Waitzman. I'm going to be your host for this episode of Track World News presented by Track Barn. And today we are going to be going over the good, the bad, and the ugly from the world championships that just happened. So we're going to be going over every single thing that we saw, the best of it, the worst of it, and the ugly things of it. So let's jump right into it. Before we go any further, I want to give a huge shout out to the sponsor of today's video, Manscaped. As track athletes, we're going to be running tons of miles every week and can be really sweaty and gross after a hard day of practice, but those days are behind us. Manscaped just sent me their brand new performance package, which comes with the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold all your goodies. Look, I've tried a lot of razors in my day, but the Lawnmower 4.0 is just different. Its ceramic blade helps reduce grooming accidents, LED light allows you to shave anytime, anywhere, and since it's waterproof, you can even take it in the shower if you want. When shopping with Manscaped, use code TWN at checkout to get 20% off your entire order, plus free shipping worldwide. Show up to your next meet looking good. If you want to be the best, you got to look the best. Link is in the description. And now back to the video. These are four of the things that I saw that were, that stuck out to me as good and positive things for either the world championships or track and field as a whole. So overall, number one, the performances. The performances were great. We had some really great world records be broken. I think there were three world records going down, the 100 meter hurdles, the 400 meter hurdles for the women, and then the men's pole vault. So we got three world records going down. We also had other national records and championship records that went down. And we also just had a lot of performances where the underdog won. Like there were favorites that dropped down and they were underdogs that ended up winning or, or getting medals and so the drama of that was really good the fact that we had people of all shapes and sizes and varieties winning i think was a really really positive thing because you don't always want to see the favorite win you want to get the you know some drama going on and we saw that in spades like if you're looking at for example the I don't know, men's 1500. Uh, you know, there's some drama where you have the the favorite Jakob Britson coming in second there. You know, so that was that was something that was exciting. You also had other ones where favorites did continue to dominate, whether that be, you know, Shelly Ann Fraser-Price winning in the women's 100 or just overall nations doing well. Jamaica, United States, like two countries that won sweeps for their own nation. Very, very exciting. So the performances were great. Uh, something else that I really liked from the World Championships, uh, the use of tech, because uh, I'm someone that I, I really enjoyed the sports science thing. If you remember that from a few years back, it's probably about a decade old now, there was an ESPN segment where they would like take an, an athlete and say, oh yeah, this athlete throws the ball at X miles an hour, which is as fast as, you know, a speeding bullet or whatever it was. And so they would give you the science and the data behind your favorite athletes. And I thought it was really exciting because it's like some behind the scenes stuff that you don't normally get to see. And so I thought that was really cool. And they brought stuff that's similar to that to the world championships. And World Athletics has been doing a really great job of having this, not just for the world championship, but throughout 
the entire stuff. Uh, so one, for example, it would have, I guess they have little sensors in the athletes' um, bibs, and so it would tell you the you know speed and miles per hour that these athletes are running. Uh, for the pole vault and high jump, it would tell you how far over the bar they were when they were clearing, you know, projected splits and projected amount of points for the heptathletes and the decathletes. And so they had all of this data that in my mind was really exciting because you can now compare that to other events and other things that you may know. Be like, wait a minute, this guy just ran 27 miles an hour. Oh my goodness, that's insane. So it's like we had the, those data points, which I thought were were really exciting and, and good ones, you know, overall. So uh, that's something that I that I liked a lot. Uh, another thing that I thought was pretty pretty special, or was the fact that Travis Scott, you know, appeared at the World Championship. It's not every day that you're getting, you know, one of the biggest rappers in the entire world coming out to your event in Eugene, Oregon, and watching your your track meet, supporting, co-signing, and actually giving a bag and like a goodie bag and everything for all the gold medalists there as well. There was like a Cactus Jack gold medalist duffel bag with, you know, had Don Perry on, you know, Cactus Jack stuff and everything. And so I think that was great. You know, having a, a rapper co-sign you, I mean, we want to get more into the mainstream. And so having more of these mainstream talents, you know, coming to these meets are, is great. I wasn't at the world championships at that point, but I definitely saw it from, from home and, and it was it was exciting to see that, you know, that he was there. Um, I would have liked there to have been some more, uh, you know, messaging on that. I mean, I know we saw on the Instagram page for World World Athletics, but uh, I think there were some other opportunities that, that we could have done there when it comes to that comes to that event uh last one for the good that i want to cover today would be scheduling so while i would have loved to just have back to back to back to back great events i think that they did a really good job of scheduling so you're gonna have a lot of your you know headliner events and a lot of your big events to be spread out throughout the week so you have something to look forward to every single night you're going to have good events for everyone whether you're a field event fan or or you're a sprinter or a distance fan, like you're gonna have good events throughout the entire thing. So, so you're not missing out on, on anything or you're not going you know, front heavy and so you get everything out on the front end and then the back, hand, the back half of the world championships is bland. That wasn't the case. You had it where you had a lot of good events spread out evenly. So each evening you're closing out with something that was really good, whether it be a world record, championship record, just a really good performance or a high octane event there. Uh, another one that I thought of was the sports betting aspect of it. So that made things a little bit more fun for me. Uh, you know, I, I definitely enjoyed it. And a lot of my friends that may not be track and field fans got into track and field because they are sports betting fans and they had the ability to do that. And whether it be make some money or, or you know, just have a little, little extra skin in the game, made it really exciting. And so I'm glad that they did that. They had it for the Olympics. Uh, then they don't really have it for any other meets and they have it for the world championships. So I'm hoping that the these draft books, sports books, see hey this makes sense for us to do it more than just twice you know not just at the olympics not just at the world championships let's do this at more events i'm hoping that that's the case let's get into some of the bad so starting off with that it's the the dedicated streams in the beginning so starting off they they didn't actually have 
dedicated streams for each individual field event. So towards the beginning of the championships, if you were a women's pole vaulting fan or a you know triple jump, long jump, whatever it might be, like if you didn't have, you know, you just weren't able to watch those events because we didn't have any streams for it. So you would only get it whenever they would show you that type of stuff. And they didn't show you that very often. And so uh, enough people made a stink about it uh, on Twitter and then they started actually having those dedicated streams towards the middle part of the world championships. But in the beginning, that wasn't there. It wasn't the case. So if you were a fan of these field events, you're just missing out completely. Uh, or if you had a, fan, a friend or a loved one or whatever it is competing there, you just weren't able to see it. So uh, that was really annoying. They did luckily listen to the fans and put those in towards the middle and second half. But in the beginning, it was really annoying. Uh, you weren't able to see those things like the, the women's pole vault and, and other stuff going on there. Uh, next one that uh, I saw that was kind of kind of bad, uh, the variety of channels that it's on. And so uh, I, I know I've mentioned this being an issue with track and field before, but it's just a product of how valuable our sport is currently. And it's the fact that it's on so many different channels and streaming services for you to actually have watched the world championships here. Like, for example, you would have needed like to watch NBC, NBCSN, USA, as well as Peacock, and I'm sure there are some other streaming sites or areas that, that you would have had to go to to watch the World Championships, and it's annoying because sometimes it's like, okay, the morning session's here, then the evening session's here, and then the, you know, if you're gonna go to the field event, you gotta go here, and so there's a, lo a lot of different ways that you gotta go. I understand that, you know, you're not gonna have the, um, you know, the same feed, like the, those individual event feeds is gonna kind of move around, I can understand that, but it, it's, it would just be a lot easier and, and more nice if it was all one kind of channel. I know from a business perspective that it doesn't make sense for them to do that because you're taking up for 10 days, you're gonna be taking up all the prime time slots for NBC. Mm, I don't think so, you're not gonna, that's not gonna happen. So it's gonna move around just because business wise and numbers wise, it doesn't make sense. Um, also good, uh, a good thing I forgot for the world championships, apparently they had record highs for uh, watching when it comes to the world championships. This was the most amount of people that ever watched the world championships. So that's a good thing. Uh, I think that hopefully that proves that it should be coming back to the United States sometime soon, because I think it was a good proof of concept that the viewership was good. The people in attendance were, were pretty good as well. Um, and so hopefully that'll, that'll continue. And this one, it, it's hard to kind of change. So it's, you know, take it with a grain of salt, but the, the start times are just too late. Uh, in my mind, I know it was 5 p.m. or 4 p.m. in the West Coast, and that's about as late as as early as you're going to be able to do it. You can't really start uh, a 5 p.m. Uh, start any earlier than 5 p.m. because you know people are getting off work about that time, and you know weekends. I guess you know I can under I can understand you know starting a little earlier on the weekends at, at four o'clock. But it was like by the time it was ending, I mean even on the East Coast of you know, the United States, it's ending around midnight. And keep in mind, this is a world championship. And so you're in the mo the westernmost time zone that we could potentially have in the entire world. Like if you look at all the other, I guess, areas that you're gonna have, you know, world championships, because after, you know, 
Eugene, Oregon, it starts rolling to the other uh, side of the time zone by the time you get to other, uh, you know, the other nations on the other side of the Pacific. So um, it's it was annoying where it's like, man, it's late for me in the you know, in, Penn, in New Jersey, like I can only imagine how, you know, late it is for the people that are in, you know, Europe or Africa or Asia, you know, it's, those are going to be, you know, weird times. I guess, you know, it eventually then starts rolling over, but, uh, it's, it was, it's going to be a weird time. And that's how it's going to be for, for all world championships. I mean, this is a world event. So every single time zone is going to have, you know, some weird, weird times for it, but it was just kind of unfortunate, uh, because you're at the most, western time zone so it's going to be really late for a lot of the people but that's just kind of how that's just kind of how the cookie crumbles i'm taking a look at some of the ugly so things that i was like Ugh, this is just this is a bad look this is a bad look for everybody um i'd say the first one has to be the the rulings on this false start rules so we saw it with the women's one 100 and then we saw women's 100 meter semifinals uh and then we saw it with the men's 110 meter finals so for those that may not remember exactly what was going on because it has been uh, a little while um so for let's we'll just take devin allen because that was the most high profile but it did happen to two other women in the 100 meter semis earlier in that afternoon but we'll just talk about devin allen to make it easy uh so devin allen is in the 110 meter hurdle final uh and so he's going to be competing and uh he gets a point 0.9999 reaction time to the starting gun. And there's a rule that says you cannot go faster than a 0.1 because if you do that, then you're not reacting to the gun, you're anticipating the gun, and therefore, you're since you're anticipating it, that's a false start. And so that's a current rule that we have with the World Championships. And so it was, uh, he got disqualified even though he reacted 0 0.001 uh, too fast. And so uh, it's it's a bad look because uh, you know rulings is saying that the official will uh, you know just utilize and have all of that data to be able to assist in making their own decision. It doesn't say that it is the end all be all in the decision, uh, and it comes from a an old ruling. Uh, you know what was it like 50 years ago, uh, and and everyone was upset with this type of thing because it robbed everybody of a, of a great uh, championship. I mean, it robs uh, Devin Allen because he's not able to compete in the final it, it robbed Grant Holloway because now he's not able to he get he wins the championship and he's not able to compete against the best athletes like every athlete does when you're at that level like you want to compete against the best it robs the fans because we don't get to see Devin Allen compete uh, it robs the world championships because we don't get to see that and it robs the sport as a whole because now we're talking about this dumb rule instead of celebrating the athletes so uh, I'd say it that was just a bad bad look when it came to the to the world championships like it, it overall would have loved to kind of you know see something different there uh and hopefully this will be able to be used going forward in changing the rule because they will they do update the rules fairly consistently if you remember they had the rule where now if you step on the line uh in you know the a 400 like on the inside line doing it once you're you're good to go um it, you have to do it what i believe two times which it used to be a one and done rule so they they've updated these things a little bit 
Hopefully they will update this because it is an archaic rule that is really annoying and hurts our sport. I'm of the belief as long as you go after the gun, it should be fine. I don't care how fast you go. Uh, if you want to anticipate the gun, uh, that's your prerogative. If you want to risk it for the biscuit, go ahead, man. Go ahead. The first one is the intros for these athletes and intros for the events were awful. It was boring. It was so boring. Outside of the 100 for the men and for the women, these intro for the events and intro for these athletes were boring. There was nothing going on. Like you zoomed in on their photo, you gave, you know, you, or you gave some, you know, stats of what's going on with their life and and then you went to the next person, did the same type of deal. And the 100, they had the flyover with the the jets that was cool. That was a really cool touch. But everyone else, it's you know some standard stuff. And if you go back and look at other world championships and other Olympics, uh, what they had was you know the, the lights would turn down, they'd have music going on, lights and stuff, everything like that. And so that was something that was was really cool. And so it intro the event, get everybody hyped up for what's going on. They don't have that. I mean, if you ask for my opinion on what I would do introduce every athlete individually and let them have their own like walk-up song like you do in the MLB. Uh, and I think that would be something that would be really cool, add some personal flair uh, and touch to it. But otherwise, this it was just boring. It's like, uh, come on, it's you're well, having these guys all walk up to the track and you know, that's, that's it. I feel you had some areas of opportunity to get more creative there. Uh, next, uh, this is for more for the in-stadium view, so the viewing experience. The overall viewing experience was really, really good, by the way. Um, just the way that Hayward Field is kind of situated, it was a really nice way to be able to watch everything that was going on. Uh, you, there's no real bad seat that I kind of noticed. One thing that does suck is that if you're on the back stretch, you're going to be baking in the sun the entire day. So, I mean, that's just the way that, you know, the globe kind of works. <laughs> like, you can't really change that. I guess the only other way they could have changed it was if they were to make the, the wall and the stadium a little bit higher so the shade comes in a little bit quicker. But um, besides that, uh, the viewing experience is, is really, really good You know, for everyone that is there. Um, the one bad thing was the in-stadium downtime and activities that were going on were bland like it was just not it just wasn't fun like they were just, they were playing music which was good i enjoyed that they were playing music but like they they would just do fan cam oh let's do the fan cam just you know zoom in on people's faces and it's cool for the first you know maybe 30 seconds or a minute of oh this is the dance cam it's the dance cam but it's like if you're there for more than just one session, you're seeing the same dance cam, you're getting the same in-stadium announcers, you're getting the same kind of you know things going on. It's, it gets boring. It gets really boring. And so I would have said like, hey, like let's do maybe the the shell game or let's have some giveaways for people. They did have a uh, a proposal which was pretty cool like towards the end there, but there were other ways they could have done more activities. So when there's time in between events, there could have been stuff going on on the, on the Jumbotron. You, you paid all this money for the Jumbotron, let's use it, let's make it pretty good. If I'm giving this World Championships a grade, I'm giving it a solid A-. I think that it was overall a fantastic experience. The performances were really, really good. Uh, we were able to get some awesome things going on within the, the arena. We had the celebrity aspect to it with celebrities coming on out to things. Uh, the scheduling was pretty solid with having events that were really great being spread out throughout the entire time. On the negative side, you did have the lackluster creativity when it came to the, um, you know, in stadium or in stadium kind of announcing, uh, you know the Devin Allen uh, false starting, which was really annoying. But overall, like I think that this went really well. I also did like Legend a lot. I think that the 
he went, he fit the aspect of the world championships really good. Like that mascot, whoever was inside that mascot deserves more money than they got paid because they did a really good job of making things fun, lighthearted, uh, you know, celebrating, bringing the signs, you know, everything. Like they did a really good job at, at doing that. Um, and so I think that was really good. Oh, another ugly thing, I guess you could say, I think just the, the team award. I mean, like I'm team USA, like it's great. I'm glad that we won, but it's, it, the, they need to change the team award because the U S is going to win it every single time. And it's not going to be close. And so it's like the only, like the only point of having this is just to give the U S another award. Like there's no, cause no other nation's going to be close to beating us. You know, like if you want to make this a little bit closer, I would say like make the championship based off of like your continent. So it's like, Hey, the North, North America, South America, Europe, Africa, Asia, uh, you know, Oceania. Like, I think that would make it a little bit more close because then you'll have all the European nations and Africa, like African nations. Like, I think that would make it a little bit closer, but I think North America still would dominate because you'd have Jamaica and, and United States, you know, together as well as Canada. But I, I think that that needs some tweaking. I, I like the, the thought that went behind it. I think that it went really well, but I think there needs some more tweaking when it comes to that. Uh, but overall, great world championships. Looking forward to Budapest next year. It should be a lot of fun. Uh, also want to touch on the content creators. So the, all the content creators that were at the world championships were phenomenal. I think every single one of them did a great job. Starting out with Sidious Mag. Sidious Mag is doing their dang thing. They were having uh, all of these athletes coming in and doing interviews. Not only athletes, but they had you know Sebastian Coe, the president of the U of USATF, uh, Ashton Eaton, uh, John Anderson, you know, the announcer for ESPN. They had all these people coming in and doing these interviews every single day, which was a lot of fun to be able to see and, and to hear the input from these other athletes. Uh, New Gen was doing their thing, doing these pre pre meet runs. They had they were taking over a pizza parlor, like they were doing all these fun things, interacting athletes. And a couple of uh, friends of mine, two black runners, uh, real talk, being able to create some really good content and, and interviews uh, as well as final egg, you know, like there's uh, final lap, a lot of really great uh, things that are coming out of the content creators for the world championships. And I think everybody was doing their thing. Uh, of course, there's more people that are, that are to it, but I think this world championships was good social proof that I think social media is going to be taking over track and field. And we should really focus more on social media aspect of it because social media is where a lot of these, not only fans, but the athletes are going. And so if we can really, you know, dig into that market, I think it's going to be, uh, it's going to be good for the future, but that's going to be it for today's episode of track world news. We're going to be talking about what are we going to look for with post world championships in next week's episode. So I hope that you guys enjoy that. My name's Colin. Hope that you've enjoyed this episode. Have a good one. Peace.